0: as the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio. You're listening to Wednesdays with Will, and I'm Will Addison. And so I'm uh, just glad that you are able to be with me today. First of all, before I get started, I want to just kind of do a um the highlight for me from this this year's uh, Marriage Family Life Conference. Uh we had our conference, it was last weekend, and um and it was just a it was a great time. Thursday, Friday, and, and Saturday. Um the Lord really answered uh everything that I pray for. Uh, I heard some reports from attendees uh, saying just what I what I pray for, that if they had questions or things that they uh, needed to know from God or that this would be like a marked time for them, that they'll be able to look back at this experience and say, man, that, w- that was a time where God did this. And I've heard from some attendees that that's what happened and, you know, that it was a a, a very refreshing time. Uh, I heard from some uh, from some of the children. They enjoyed it as well. Um, It just was it was a good time. And so I praise God for his faithfulness. I praise God for uh, his wisdom, uh, just his goodness. Man, he he worked it all out. There's a lot of work that goes into uh, preparing for these conferences. But man, once they're here and you see the people of God and man, you see so many different faces. I mean, all different ethnicities. And it's just amazing. You know, I, I, this is the body of Christ. You know, while the world would try to tell us that we need to be separated along certain lines, we in the body of Christ say, man, those lines have, have been erased by the blood of Jesus Christ. So it's an awesome time. You know, it's awesome to see people that, um, you know that you've seen every year since the conference started. You know, it's awesome to meet new people. There was there were a, a whole bunch of new uh people who were uh, at the conference this year. Uh it's just amazing. And so just looking forward to uh, uh, it, to me it feels like a family reunion. <laughs> you know, there's certain people you see It's like, man, you don't you see them once a year. <laughs> and this is like a family reunion. And uh man, the family of of God. Is is huge. It's broad. You know, it's like there's, man. And there is definitely a remnant. You know, like you 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 look at things and you say, like, man, am I the only one who believe this way? You come to an event like marriage, family, life conference, and you and you find out that you're not, and you gain strength because you know that there are brothers and sisters who are fighting the same battles. You know, it's just an awesome thing, and I. Praise God for the American Family Association for hosting uh, the Marriage Family Life Conference and uh, just all the volunteers and the teachers and the staff, just everybody that took part uh, in making that happen. And So it was a blessed time. And so if uh, you didn't come this time and you want to come to future events, just be on the lookout. We're going to let you know uh, when the next conference is. We're we're, going to let you know because, man, it, it's it's something to look forward to. It, it, it really is. You know, it's a lot of work, but, man, it's, it's something to look forward to. And when it's, like, again, when it's here, man, I just love being with the people of God, you know, and just seeing how, you know, how expansive. And that's just, it, it's a small conference in in the in the grand scheme of things, but still you get a picture of the body of Christ. And so it's just an amazing thing. But today... Um, I'm going to talk about something that I am currently in the midst of, I guess, dealing with or reminding myself, you know, a lot of these Wednesdays with Will, I consider them to be encouragements. It's like things that you may already know. It may not be some deep, deep revelation. You know, it may not be something where it's like, oh man, I, you know, I I never heard this before, but sometimes we need reminders because, As life uh, hits us, we can get off course, you know, things happen and we may forget, you know, certain things that are elementary, which sometimes that happens, you know. And I feel like one of the things that the Lord has me doing is reminding the people of God who God is, you know, who he is and, and what he can do. And I remind myself just today I needed to be reminded about the the faithfulness of God. I needed to be reminded about how God is able, that he is God. We're talking about (laughs) God here, not man. And so I had to be reminded today just of the fact that we can put our faith and our hope and our trust in him, that he never fails. He never fails. And so that reminder came to me today. And so what I'm going to be talking about today it may just serve as a reminder, but I think we need those reminders because, you know, one thing about me, I may not be the deepest person, you know, Yeah, we can get deep sometime, but man, I love being practical. How do we live this stuff out? You know, it's the same. It's in the same vein of like, you know, man, it's great to um, memorize scripture. It's great to see all these different things that, that, that the Holy spirit reveal, In his word, yes. But, man, it's another thing to live out scripture, to live it out, to understand it and live it. And so, you know, one of my prayers is, Lord, help me not only to memorize, not only to know it in my head, not only to know, you know, what's right and what's wrong, but help me to live that stuff out. You know, sometimes you have to take one scripture and live that. (laughs) You might not even need to go too much further You need to, you know, stop there and live that. And that's my hope. That's my hope for myself and for the body of Christ, that we can live out what the word of God says. And so today I want to talk about God's provision, that our God is a provider. And I'm not only talking about financially, which he is, but also he provides, you know, uh, uh, spiritually. He provides for us mentally. He provides for us physically. God is our provider. And his provision is easy. His provision, him, him being able to provide for his people is easy for him. To us looking um, from the earth up, I guess, when we see our situation, it's huge. It's like mountains. But from heaven down from God, from, from God's perspective, it's easy. I think about the prophet. Elijah. And God commanded ravens. He commanded ravens to feed Elijah two times a day. And he placed Elijah by a brook so he like, he, he can have water. And I, I was thinking about this and how easy it is for God to provide that we can put our trust in him. And I start thinking about ravens, that that particular bird. And these are intelligent birds. And they are known to store extra food away in secret hiding places for later. It says if a raven senses that another raven is watching where it uh, is about to hide the food, it will pretend to stash the food in one place, but will actually hide it in a different spot. This was a bird that God provided for Elijah. A bird that does not normally just give food away. They like to hide food and store it. It's an intelligent bird, understanding things. And so it's easy for God. If God can provide a raven to give to his prophet, he can provide whatever we need. And I love how the scripture. Shows that God used things in creation to provide for his people. And we're going to talk more about that. But I want to read that passage to you, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1 through 7. And I'm hoping that this is an encouragement that whatever you're going through, whatever it is, and again, I'm not speaking from this high and lofty place because I said today that I needed to be reminded that God is our provider, that we can have. Faith in him, we can pull our, put our full weight down on him and on his promises. But the Bible says, now Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the sellers of Gilead, said to Ahab, as the, Lord, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives before whom I stand, surely there shall be neither dew nor rain these uh, years, except by my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, go away from here and turn eastward. And hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. And it shall be that you will drink of the brook, some providing water for you. (laughs) And I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. I commanded this, these birds that don't give food away. As a matter of fact, they try to hide and store food to give food to you. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. That's faith. He believed the word of the Lord, for he went and lived by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he would drink from the brook. Now, it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. And God had another plan for him after that. But man, faith is. Now, now check this out. I would imagine that Elijah knew something about ravens and, and, and things like that. But it didn't matter because God said. God said, I'm going to provide for you water and I'm going to provide for you bread and meat through ravens. They're going to bring you bread and meat. Now, Elijah could have been like, okay, God, all right, you know, that's kind of far-fetched. These birds, these are scavengers. They're not trying to, like, give me food. But God said, look, I commanded them. So you may have situations around you that look bleak, but God, I, the God that we serve is a God that can command ravens to give to prophets, all right? He's the God that can that has made something out of nothing. He's God. And so whatever situation is, be it financial, be it physical, whatever, spiritual, you serve the great and mighty God. And he's able to provide provision is easy for him. So this was not the normal behavior of these scavengers, but they were commanded by God to provide for the man of God. This is the same God that provides for his people today. Same God. Look, it comes to a time where, you know, your walk with, with, with the Lord that you don't want to go back and forth again. I found myself today needing to be reminded that, man, my God is a provider. He will provide what we need. We can put our faith in him. But I don't want to continue. to. I don't want to go back and forth. I want to be steady in his promises. I know we live in this flesh. We live, you know, we're human. But man, there's a place where you can just walk and understand and know that you that your eyes on God and he's providing. He's he's making everything that needs to happen, happen. That's a place of maturity. That's where I, I'm going. Will you go with me? <laughs> That's where we need to be trusting and depending on God, knowing that the situation may look one way. But God has commanded a different way, even in the midst of how it looks. God has commanded. And so we can trust, you know, and be sure that he will come through with what he commanded. Remember the ravens. God provided the ravens to give meat and bread to the prophet two times a day. It seemed very unlikely that that would be the method. But God chose that method. (laughs) And of course, it worked. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, reminding you today that our God is a provider and that it's easy for him to provide. We're going to get more into it once we come back. Stick with us. Is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above. We're going to take him there with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. God. Okay, Mom. Our God is is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven. put them on the Ritz. Nope. Is awesome there is thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his fist. Our God is an awesome God. Whoa, whoa, Go This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. You're listening to Wednesdays with Will, and we're talking about God's provision. It's easy for him to provide for his people. It's easy for him. Once again, you know, it may seem difficult for us, but God, he's a provider. Uh, Everything is his anyway. And so for him to give us what we need and even what we desire is not hard. I want to look at Matthew chapter 6, verse uh, 24. Uh, to 20 to 34 and it starts off it says no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other you cannot serve God and wealth so right off the bat he's he's telling us look you can't have split allegiances you're going to serve God or you're going to serve this world serve money and things like that. And so money is a tool in which God used to, to, you know, that's how we get things, and God has access to all of that. Like, it's all his anyway. And so we don't serve the tool or the measures that he used to get us provision. We don't serve that. We serve him. And so to get it straight, even from the beginning of what we're going to be talking about, he said, look, you can't have two masters. You're either going to serve one, right, you can serve one, hate one, and love the other. Like, it, there's no middle ground. And a lot of times in the world that we live in, man, the thing to go after is money and power and things like that. You're serving another master. You're not serving God. God provides for his people. He gives the things that are needed for his people. He, he, he gives those things. So Jesus, he makes, it, he, he makes it clear that we can't serve God in money. It's idolatry. Then he goes into the following of not worrying about things. Again, we have to watch this because God has made it so that the follower of Christ, we never have to worry about anything, but we worry about so many things. We're anxious about so many things. But the way that God has set this thing up, if we follow him and trust in him, is that there is no need to worry about anything. He also shows us Jesus shows us how provision is built, uh, for built in. For creation, it's built in the creation for all levels. Like God has built in creation everything that we would need. I'm going to read this, uh, Matthew chapter six, verse twenty five, through thirty four. Said for this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life, as to what you will eat or what you will drink. uh, Nor For your body, as to what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? You of little faith, do not worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. All right. So Jesus lays it out. He lays it out. He's he's saying, don't worry about what? About your life, about food, about drink, about clothing. All these things he says are needful. But life is more than this. But all these things are needful. Jesus teach. He he teaches his followers to look at the things created to get the right perspective on practical living. These things he point out are in the lower order of creation. He talks about the birds. He talks about the lilies, the flowers. So Jesus is making a point that the Christ follower need never to worry or be anxious. And that the lower order of creation, the birds, the the, the flowers, don't worry. They don't worry. They just live and they receive provision. (laughs) Provision for them is naturally incorporated in creation for them. But guess what? It's the same way for us. It's the same way for us. So the birds are provided for by the father God. Right. But they have many ways, like multiple streams, (laughs) you know, to acquire what they need. But ultimately, God is their provider. And Jesus even says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't gather into barns. But who feeds them? Your heavenly father. You know, I told this story before I grew up. I grew up uh, in New Orleans and I remember going to uh, the Magnolia Project where my uh, grandfather lived. My grandfather was a great man, worked hard. He had two vegetable gardens. He had one garden in the project. It was funny to me as I think it back. Think, think about it now. Think back to it now. He had a garden in a project and he had another garden, another place. But anyway, I remember my grandfather taking me outside in the court. And we have a bag of bread, and i I remember being able to take the bread, you know, kind of break it up, and throw it on the ground, and see all these pigeons. <laughs> all these pigeons come flying, you know to get the food and man, I remember how much fun I had doing that. I was like, man, this is you know i w- it was for me it was an experience i you can tell because I remember it today, <laughs> and I remember just going out there. But man, as I was thinking about this, what God was literally doing, he was providing for these birds. This was the heavenly father providing for these pigeons. You know, he was using me and my grandfather to, to give this bread. But man, it, it was God that provided for these birds. They didn't have to worry about, man, where am I get the next meal? God even used the compassion of humans to provide for the birds. You see bird houses and, you know, different contraptions to feed birds, you know, bird seed placed out here. Man, God used us to provide for the birds. They don't worry about that stuff. They fly around and do what they need to do, but they're going to (laughs) eat. It's amazing. And God is, is showing us that, man, they don't have to worry about that. And we don't either. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to worry about it. So the birds are provided for by the Father God. And they have many ways that they are provided for. Multiple streams. They eat insects. They eat worms, grubs, mosquitoes, plant material, seeds, grass, flowers, small berries, fruits. They have all types of, of, uh, of ways to eat. Larger birds like hawks and vultures They may eat small animals. But just a little bit about birds, because we have to get the full picture here that Jesus is saying, look at this. I want you to check out creation and how even in creation, there's no worry or anxiety on the part of birds and and, and things like flowers and stuff like that. So why are you worrying about these things that your father knows that you need? You just need to trust in him. So birds are small and warm-blooded. They they need to eat frequently to keep their energy levels up. So they spend much time on the lookout for new food sources. Uh, They will fly around to survey an area from the tops of trees, constantly searching for anything that could be potential new sources of food. And although some birds, such as parrots, kiwis, and vultures, have a good sense of smell, and will locate food using their uh, factory glands, most birds use vision to find food. And because they spend uh, so much time searching for food, they become quite good at it. Birds also have good memories, which helps them remember where food may be or look out for changes in the landscape that may signal food uh, is about. So those birds knew when my grandfather and I would come out there, we did it routinely and they would just begin to flock <laughs> they understood it's, it's time to eat man you know we know the little one and the old man they're coming out and we're gonna eat they're not worried about it they, they can care less they, they, they're like man we're just waiting for them to come out man how should we trust god as being made in his image you know man there should be no deviation in our walk with him, in our trust of him. Because if he would take care of the birds like he takes care of them, how much more does the Father take care of us? It's amazing to consider. And again, like I said, uh, God even provides the compassionate heart of man to feed the birds. It's God's provision. It's God's provision. And then Jesus says something else. He points to the lilies of the field and he makes a remarkable statement. He said, yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. Wow. That's saying something, because when you read something like that, you have to go back to the Old Testament and read about Solomon. And check this out about Solomon in First Kings uh, chapter 10. Verse 23 and 29. Now, remember, Jesus is talking about the lilies, beautiful flowers. We say, man, Solomon wasn't even arrayed like these little, little ones, these flowers, in all of his glory, in his splendor. So I asked the question, okay, well, let me check out Solomon. So King Solomon became greater than all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom. All the earth was seeking the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his heart. They brought every man his gifts, uh, articles of silver and gold, garments, weapons, spices, horses, and mules, so much year by year. And Solomon gathered chariots of horsemen, and he had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen, and he stationed them in the chariot city. So, man, look, Solomon was on point, right? Right? But then, if you look at even Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles, chapter nine, uh, verse thirteen to twenty-nine, it, it goes even further. It says, "Now the weight of gold—listen uh, to this—the weight of gold which came to Solomon in one year was six hundred sixty-six talents of gold. Besides that, which the traders and merchants brought, and all the kings of Arabia, and all and the governors of the country brought gold and silver to Solomon." King Solomon made 200 large shields of beaten gold using 600 shekels of beaten gold on each large shield. He made 300 shields of beaten gold using 300 shekels of gold on each shield. And the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. Can we get a picture of that? That's amazing. I mean, you talk about riches. Solomon, that. When, it's, when, when, when the Bible says that he has 666 talents of gold brought to him in one year. So each year, this is what was given to him. That's a lot. That's like two tons. That's that's. 287 million. Each. Year. At that time. Then he said, moreover, the king made a great throne of ivory and overlaid it with pure gold. And there were six uh, steps to the the throne and a footstool in gold attached to the throne. So he was layered out in gold. And then it talked about his wisdom. And it talked about all the things that he had, the horses and the horsemen. I read that already. So when we get a picture of Solomon, and then we go back to what Jesus is saying, He said, but if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith?" Jesus is saying, look. Solomon couldn't touch one of these lilies. Solomon in all his at the height of where he was in his glory couldn't touch one of these lilies. So how much more will I provide for you? Oh, you of little faith, these these flowers will be burned one day and thrown into the furnace. But how much more would I clothe you? And provide for you. This is just an encouragement. This is a reminder that we can trust our God. And it's a reminder to me first. And as I as I'm being reminded, I'm giving it to you. We can trust him. He said, look at the birds. Look at the lilies. How much more? Will I provide for you? This is Aaron Addison's here at American Family Radio. We'll be back right after this. Uh, the hood may not be what we made it, but it's what we keep it. Us round here Some make it out We call them fake Cause they don't drop by the wave But if they do The hater and you Just gon' plot on his chain It's like we hate to see Each other winning Unless we winning too You want what winners got But you not willing to do What winners do Killing over tennis shoes Screaming out Black Lives Matter And I bet they do Till they rockin' red or blue At times I love the hood at times I hate it here They murder sheep You gotta be a wolf Just to make it here They could say whatever Tell you about here on american family radio we're talking about god's provision uh that is a bizzle would leave this place um and so we're just talking about how god used things uh in in nature to show us that he provides for those things how much more will he provide for his people and so that we can put our faith we can put our trust in god like we don't have to uh vacillate, you know, but a lot of times we do because yes, we're human, but man, we have to get to a point where we're able to like uh surefootedly just stand on the promises of God. I want to just continue on with what the scripture says. And I will make this point. If we if we will actively believe God's word, it will guard us against worry and anxiety. You know, worry and anxiety is a big deal these days. And I'm not just talking about for people who don't know God. I'm talking about in the church. But it's because we take our eyes off God. Anytime we, anytime we have worry and anxiety, that's not of God. God has given us the prescription and the, what we need to, to uh, battle against that. Like th- That's not to be accepted for the believer. There's no room for worry. There's no room for anxiety in the believer. And God has made it that way. And it's only when we take our eyes off him and we don't practice, you know, what the word of God says that we are. We find ourselves in those places. But the Bible says in uh, Matthew, chapter six, verse thirty one through thirty four. Do not worry, then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will uh, we wear for clothing for the Gentiles? Now, check this out for the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things but seek first the kingdom of of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you so do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will take care of itself each day has enough trouble of its own so the ones who are not in relationship with god they can't help but to eagerly seek out these natural things like this is something that they go after all of the time The ones who don't know God, they are constantly on the hunt for 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 things, for things like they got to get it. You know, I got to work myself to death so I can get it. You know, I got to get it just so that I can be, you know, perceived a certain way. I got to have this. I got to have that. And when he says the Gentiles, those who are not of the people of God, you know, those who were not Christ followers, those who were not Yahweh worshipers. He said, man, they, they seek eagerly after those things. What I'm going to eat, what I'm going to drink, what I'm going to wear. They seek eagerly after those things. But but Jesus says, for your heavenly father knows that you need them. Like we are in relationship with God. We are his children. He knows that, he knows that we need that, that stuff. But then he said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things that the Gentile seek eagerly for they're going to be what added to you so as i'm walking this life and god knows my needs he knows what i need to have he knows you know where i am so i'm work i'm walking this thing out and i'm seeing you know people who don't know god they're just striving they're striving they're trying to get this trying to get that and the sad part is we we will find ourselves in that situation too as christians striving trying to get this trying to get that but I, I have the picture that I have in my mind is the Christ follower just walking this walk out, walking out in the confidence of God, walking this thing out, knowing who we serve. And as we're walking, I see the people who don't know God striving, striving, striving. But as I'm walking and as we're walking this thing out, things are just being added, added. There's no stress. There's no worry. That's none of that stuff. It's being added to the Christ follower. It's being added to us. Because why? Because we're seeking the kingdom and his righteousness. And the Bible says that all these things, all these things, what things? The things that the Gentiles seek eagerly for? All that stuff. What what things? Drink, food, clothing, practical things in living. They're going to be added to you. Then he says, so don't worry about tomorrow. (laughs) Man. That's easier said than done, right? Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And isn't that true? This should be a settling word for all of us. And I just man, I'm hoping that what is happening is that you're being reminded of the times that God has provided for you. That is coming back into your memory, like if even if you're in a hard spot right now and like I told you all in the beginning, you know, I had to be reminded of this just today. So even if you're in a hard spot right now or you if you're kind of wavering, you know, on this issue. You should be reminded right now. Who you serve. That he's the guy that can provide anything that you need. And while you may feel like, man, I'm I'm lacking here, I'm lacking there, that God knows what you need. And notice I say he knows what you need. He knows what you need. Yes, he's a God that gives the desires of our heart as well, as long as our desires line up with his will. But he knows what we need. And we can be confident in that. And we don't have to be like those who don't know God. We know God. We know that he is a provider. We know God, that God will give us the things that we we need. So we can live out these lives. And as we're walking this walk, understanding that the things that are necessary, that are needful, are going to be added to us. That we don't have to strive for it. This this is a uh, security against anxiety and worry. So the Father knows, and a main defense, a main defense for the Christ follower is seeking the kingdom. If our eyes and our heart and our minds are on the kingdom of God and what we can do for His glory, we're not operating in worry and anxiety. We're not, because our focus is on Him. Lord, help our focus to be on you. Lord, help my focus to be on you. And when our eyes are on Jesus, and his work, everything that the unbeliever run after is added to the believer. You know, there's some other scriptures that are given to us um, to guard against anxiety. One is Philippians chapter four, verse four through nine. Very popular scripture. Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. Right off the bat, That's a defense. For worry and anxiety, rejoicing in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. He put another emphasis on it. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension Will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. And the things you have learned and received. And heard and seen in me practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Now, let's look at that just for a moment. Rejoice in the Lord always. When we are rejoicing in the Lord, we're not giving way to worry, to doubt, to fear, to anxiety. Because our focus, our focus is on the Lord. And then he says, again, I say rejoice. This is important. Rejoice. This is what's going to help you to make it through. Rejoicing in the Lord, worshiping God, singing songs, praising God. And then he says, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. And that, to have that gentle spirit is as a result of rejoicing in the Lord, that you would have that gentle spirit. The Lord is near. Then he says, be anxious for How many things for nothing? How is that possible? Will? Well, if we're rejoicing in the Lord, if we have our confidence and our hope and our faith in him, if we are even doing what Jesus said, looking at the things that are provided for the animals and the flowers and how much more will he provide for us? Where is the room for worry? So for, for the apostle Paul to say this through the, Uh, inspiration of the holy spirit to be anxious for nothing it must be possible to not be anxious for anything how many of us are anxious about all kinds of things well we have right here the solution be anxious for nothing but in everything so be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with what thanksgiving So prayer, supplication, crying out to God, making prayers, making supplications, praying. With thanksgiving. Then he says, let your request be made known to God. Just tell him he's your father. That's nothing that he don't know anyway. But because it's a relationship, he wants us to come to him and to to make our request known. Make your request known to God with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Then, as a result of that, as a result of us laying our cares before God, the peace of God, the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, is mind-blowing peace. (laughs) It's peace where everything is crumbling around you and people are looking at you like, man, what's wrong with you? You should be down in the dumps. Well, you're like, man, God got this. That's a peace that surpasses all comprehension. That's a peace that people can't understand when they're looking from the outside. They're looking at you and they're saying, how could he still be standing strong? That's the type of peace that God will give to his people. A peace that surpasses all comprehension. And what will it do? It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us that we need to guard our hearts with all diligence because what? Out of it flows the issues of life. Everything that pertains to life, it flows from our heart. But he promises that this peace will set a garrison, like a fort around your heart and your mind. <laughs> man, come on, man. Looking at the things that we see in, in happening today. Even the things that you're dealing with on a personal level. How many of you need a garrison around your heart and your mind of peace? I do. I do. That will guard you against anxiety. Against worry. A lot of times in this culture, we want to prescribe something else. Sometimes, you know, medication for things that can be worked out by applying the scripture. Sometimes we want to apply different methods and go do this and read this. But if we would read and apply the word of God. We'll find that we will find victory in a lot of different areas. Paul is running it down to us right here. How to get peace, how to avoid being anxious, how to avoid worrying. It it consists of prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, rejoicing in the Lord, right? Right. And doing that, our hearts would be secure. It would be guarded. And he said, "Finally, brethren, whatever is true." Now, now he goes into these are the things. Look, ponder these things—not your troubles and your problems. Whatever is true, because a lot of times the things that we are worried about, they're lies. They're not even true. It's things that we've built up in our minds. But whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute. If there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, <laughs> like come from over there and come over here and think on these things. Dwell, he says, like live in that place. Dwell on these things. Then he runs it back and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace Will be with you. The bottom line we can and should trust God for all our, our, of our provision. Everything that we need, we can trust God. Anxiety has no real place in the life of the believer. As men, as women, as people of God, children of God, we look to God who is Jehovah Jireh. This is on a physical, spiritual, and financial level, all levels listen to this last scripture here from Psalm chapter 50 It's a Psalm of uh, ASAP it says for every beast of the forest is mine the cattle on a thousand hills I know every bird of the mountains this is God and everything that moves in the field is mine if I were hungry would I would I tell you for the world is mine and all it contains if I were hungry I would not tell you For the world is mine and all it contains. Look, y'all, we can trust in the Lord. We can put our faith in him. We'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing. But until then, God bless.